Hey, this is Sarah Marie, and you're listening to the Soul of Worship, Are You Making a Sound podcast. Here, we study the Word of God in an effort to get to know Him more deeply so we can worship Him more authentically. In the Soul of Worship online Bible study community, we are currently deep diving into the book of Psalms and unlocking the power with prayer and praise. To make these studies more readily available, I will also be loading the audio from our weekly lunchtime live recaps to the Soul of Worship podcast. If you'd like to join our Monday night Zoom discussions or get the PDF downloads, you can register at www.soulofworship.com forward slash online Bible study, or you can create a login to the workshop, our online learning portal at soulofworship.com forward slash workshop. Thank you for being here, and I pray that God speaks to you throughout today's class. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless everyone today. We are about to start our uh, week four of the Unlocking the Power with Prayer and Praise online Bible study series in the excuse me, in the Psalms. And so I hope that you all are ready to get started, to dive deep into the word of God today. Uh, Let me know in the chat where you're joining in from. Let me know that you can hear me, see me, all of that so that we can get started today. I feel like my camera on Instagram is a little bit off here, so hopefully it is okay. So we're going to pray and we're going to jump right in. But while um, we get started, I would love it if you shared this live, you shared it with your friends, shared it with your feed uh, so that others can join us today. God bless you, Gidget. God bless you, Rebecca. Uh, All those who are joining in now. Uh, I also bless you if you're watching this in the future, right? As a replay. Thank you for joining. Let me know in the chat, say hashtag replay, you know, that you're watching it in the future. So, (laughs) um, but in any case, let's pray and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your love and your mercy. I thank you, Father God, for your goodness, for your grace, my Lord. Lord, I thank you for your strength that you provide. Lord, we we thank you that we can just come and seek the kingdom of God and righteousness and everything else will be added onto us. And so God, we're separating this time for you right now. We're coming before your presence. We're coming um, before you, Lord, to open up your scriptures, to open up your word, to come before you in worship and prayer and in praise to unlock some kingdom keys. And so, Father God, I pray that you would continue to open up our eyes, that you would continue to stir up within us, Father God, a a deeper conviction, a deeper devotion, my Lord. Lord, that we would mature in our walks with you, my God. Lord, that you would just take us to higher levels, Lord. Lord, and so I pray, Holy Spirit, for you to enter every home, for you to go into every place that uh, the sound of my voice is carrying into, and that you would be established there, that you would come and dwell in our praise, that you would come and make your word come alive, Lord, because your word says that your word is a light unto our feet and a light unto our path, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, and that your word is sharper than a double-edged sword and that it is living and active. And so we say, come alive, Lord, come alive in us. Let us see your treasures in your word today and allow it to transform our lives. Lord, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. 
please take complete control of this Bible study, of this Lunchtime Live. Lord, I pray over the connections. I pray over um, the technology. And I pray that your will would be done and that nothing would stop this live from going forward and so that your word can be spoken. Lord, fill my mouth with your words, God. Lord, I come before you and I submit to you in obedience that whatever you want me to speak, Lord, I will speak. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we pray all things. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Irene. See you on here as well. A couple others joining us on Instagram. I see Penny, Marie, Mama Pop. So thank you for joining us this afternoon. So let's go ahead and get started. We're in week four of the Psalms study. I'm going to give a quick recap of our discussion that we had last week. Then today's theme, we're going to be focusing on the freedom of expression, that God's not afraid of our big feelings. And then after that, we'll talk about some key takeaways, how to apply this to our daily lives. Uh, then I'll go through a couple of next steps, announcements, and then at the end, take some prayer requests. So please feel free to stick around to the end. And if you can't stick around to the end because uh, you're working or multitasking or whatever case may be. Make sure that you pin this and save it for later so you can come back at a future time. But also let us know in the chat. Don't leave without leaving a prayer request if you have one, because we want to come in agreement with you um, and present those requests to the Lord. So, all right, let's jump right in. Right in. What did we learn last time? So we talked about how David always worshiped, always worshiped God with all of his might, with all of his strength, with all of his mind. And so passionate, exuberant praise should be our standard as well. And I'm using that word exuberant because my sister Penny had sent me a note talking about how she described that worship for, for David. And, and I just love that because it's a perfect way to describe how he worshiped the Lord exuberant praise should be our standard too. And so we took a deep dive into the second half of Psalms chapter three and the reasons that we can worship God according to this scripture here um, is that God is our sustainer, right? God sustains us in the night seasons. He sustains us, keeps us alive. He keeps us alive physically. He keeps us alive mentally and he restores us and renews our strength. Also, God hears us. God hears us when we cry out to him, when we shout up to him in a mighty shout, when we worship him with all of our might, that pleases him. And he responds from his holy hill. Also, God is moved by our war cry, right? He gave these instructions to the people of Israel for how to call upon his name. He says, sound an alarm, shout up to God with a voice of triumph, shout out to God, cry aloud, spare not. Like these are instructions from the Lord. So clearly when we do what God has asked us to do, he's going to respond. He's going to remember his people. He's going to move on our behalf. And so he invites us to cry out for his salvation. And then last week, we also talked about the Hebrew word for salvation, how salvation is found in God alone. And the reason we get the evidence of that in the scriptures is the word salvation, um, 
in the Hebrew is Yeshua with the H at the end. And that represents, it's written like 60 times, I think, in the Psalms. And it's the word for deliverance. It's the word for rescue. It's the word for salvation. And then we know also that the name Jesus in the Hebrew is a derivative of Yeshua as well. Yeshua without the H at the end. But either way, pronounced the same way. And when we pronounce his name, when we declare his name when we decree his name we are declaring that jesus is our only way to salvation and he is our way to deliverance he is our way to everlasting freedom he is the way the only way to receive rescue from uh from this world from um everything honestly everything um and so we thank god that he sent us jesus for our ultimate salvation that can only be found in him so that's what we talked about last time tonight we're going to talk um about or today rather today we're going to talk about the freedom of expression right that the book of psalms and i've said this before i think I, when we even did the kickoff i mentioned this but the book of Psalms, it contains some of the deepest, some of the most heartfelt words that have ever been spoken to God, that have ever been sung to the Lord. And so these words, they express everything from fear to anguish, to joy, to triumph, and every emotion in between. And because it, it, it shows this, and we know that every scripture is considered holy scripture, then clearly this gives us a glimpse into the fact that God is not afraid of our big feelings, right? Throughout the 150 Psalms, the full range of human emotions, they're revealed. But the difference here between the way someone who is not of the, of the word, someone who is of the world, reacts to their emotions is that they allow it, those emotions to take them into deep, dark places and take them into doing things that they would never do before. But instead here in the Psalms, we see that the psalmists are giving us the blueprint that we can bring all of those emotions, bring them to the feet of God, bring them to the feet of God who created mankind, who created us with those very feelings. So the only one who can truly understand us and sustain us and transform us. So as I said before, I already think I've said it three times, you are free. You are free to express your big feelings to God right? He is not offended by your feelings. He's not offended by the fact that you want to pour out your heart to him. In fact, he invites you to do that. The Psalms are such great examples of how we can come to God with our deepest concerns and even our darkest confusion in those moments without fearing God's rejection. He is not going to reject you. Instead, he's going to invite you in. He's going to help you and he is going to sustain you. And so, um, again, I mentioned before, God made us into emotional beings. God made us in his image as well, right? If God wanted just robots who were unfeeling, he would have made robots to praise them. But instead, he chose to make us in his likeness. He chose to make us in his image, which means that God's an emotional God too. And we know that God is holy. We know that the scripture is holy, like I mentioned before. And God is also emotional, right? These these are not mutually exclusive things. We too can still live holy lives that are full of emotion, right? We can be holy and emotional. Emotions in and of themselves are not 
sinful, okay? We don't have to pretend that everything is okay. God knows what we're feeling anyway. So we might as well come to him in authenticity. We might as well come to him and say, God, this is what I am feeling. When we come in prayer, we don't have to just repeat the same words every day, just have this pattern of saying the same prayer before we eat our meal, saying the same prayer when we get up in the morning, right? And, and not actually surrendering to God the things that we're going through, right? God cares about every detail of our life and he wants us to come before him. He wants it to be a, a therapy session. He wants you to let go of all of your baggage. He wants you to trust in him and to surrender everything at his feet. So that way he can give you instructions. He can speak to you. The best therapist is the Holy Spirit. The best therapist is God Almighty. God desires for us to run to him because he is our ever-present help in trouble. God wants us to run to him with every single thought that we have. God wants us to run to him in every single mood that we be feeling, okay? God wants us to run to him in every situation so that he can either, right, he could either validate our feelings or sometimes invalidate those feelings, right? When you come to him, when you bring every thought to the cap to the captivity of Christ, right? You bring it to the obedience of Christ. You, God's either going to say, you know what? You're right. Those people did hurt you. And I'm sorry that they hurt you. And I'm sorry that you're hurting. And let me comfort you and love you and tell you that I love you. Or he might invalidate your feelings by letting you know, baby girl, you might have taken that the wrong way. Let me show you what is actually going on. Let me show you that person didn't mean to hurt you, but in fact, they're actually hurting. They're the ones who you need to be praying for, right? Like God can just open up your eyes to a bigger picture. Again, when you come and submit your emotions to the Lord. As I said before, when we come to his presence, he can comfort us in pain or he can correct us when we've gone astray. He can say, no, you actually were the one who instigated that, right? You, you could have handled that better. And there's no better place to come for rebuke and correction than in the presence of God, right? To give us that conviction, to show us, you know what, I this is where I can change as opposed to us only complaining about other people and how they always hurt us, you know, but even, but I don't want to, again, invalidate that sometimes, yeah, we are hurting from different scenarios. We are angry justifiably, right? But God can still turn our mourning into dancing. He can still sustain us through the trials that we're going through. He can deliver us from those deep, dark feelings of despair and fill us with hope. And also when we come to his presence with our feelings, when we come to him with our emotions, when we come to him with everything that we got going on, he can also keep us from sinning. He can keep us from falling prey to the, the enemy's schemes. This is why the word says, submit to God, resist the devil and he shall flee to you. There, flee from you. There needs to be a submission first to God before you have the power to resist the devil and have him flee. And so that's why submitting everything, every thought, every emotion, every situation to the Lord is the key to keep us on the righteous path. Even in Psalm chapter four, it says, be angry, but do not sin. Be angry. You can be angry. You can sleep on it. You can come to me and pray and tell me about how you feel angry about a situation. But don't sin. 
And I'm not going to allow you to sin if you sit here in my presence and I get to tell you truth and shower you with love and give you strength and give you strategy for how to go about the situation, right? If we allow that anger to then take us to a place where we're going to go back and now be, we're going to hurt some people. We're going to go out there and get revenge in our own flesh. Then we're going to end up in a situation that we shouldn't have ended up in. We're going to sin. But if we submit our anger to the Lord and say, God, I am angry about this. Again, God can give us strategy. He could show us how to rectify a situation. He can allow us to um, maybe even forget about it. Maybe even just not be um consumed by that anger anymore allow us to say you know what this is that's just that was just an attack of the enemy right i'm not fighting against flesh and blood it's not my family member that's coming against me it's the enemy who's trying to use them to to cause me to fail and so again when you bring it to the presence of the lord that spiritual clarity comes and you're able to then overcome what you got going on so i want to deep dive into psalm 6 today all right, that was just kind of an intro to, to, to say, it's okay to have, have big feelings. Submitting them to the Lord is the key. And this is what we see David doing in Psalm chapter six. So I wanna read all of six and then we're gonna, we're gonna break it down. So first of all, we see here that the little note, we talked about the, those important little notes at the beginning of the songs that it uh, gives us an indication, gives us some clues as to what's going on here. So right at the beginning, it says to the chief musician with stringed instruments on an eight stringed harp, a psalm of David. Before I read the psalm, I just want to let you know that that's a little bit of a clue here that this is not just one of those personal psalms of David, but this is in fact something that he wrote and he sent it to the chief musician, that he sent it to Asaph. We know that he appointed Asaph as one of the chief worship leaders, so to speak, in the church based on the Chronicles, First Chronicles, I believe is where it says. So he's going, hey, this is a song that I wrote in my emotion and my situation, but it's so good and it's so holy and it's so pure that I want us to sing this when we do congregational worship. I'm going to send this to the chief musician and I'm going to make sure that we're singing this together because if it helped me, I know that it's going to help others. So again, this is something you know it was saying during the times that they came together to worship the Lord. We also get these specifics that he's, he wanted it to be sung with stringed instruments. We know that stringed instruments or that zamar praise, that's one of the things that I talk about in, in my worship book. It, it's something that brings deliverance. It is the, the strings when they're played. When David played his heart before King, King Saul, when Saul was distressed, it was the plucking of those strings that, that offered this sacrifice, this, this, um, this, just made this atmosphere of worship that brought deliverance from deep sorrow and distress. And so again, we get just a glimpse of what kind of song this is. So let me read um, again, Psalm chapter six, and it says, Oh Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. Have mercy on me, oh Lord, for I am weak. Oh Lord, Heal me, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, oh Lord, how long? Return, oh Lord, deliver me. Oh, save me for your mercy's sake. 
for in death there is no remembrance of you. In the grave, who will give you thanks? I am weary from my groaning. All night I make my bed swim. I drench my couch with tears. My eye wastes away because of grief. It grows old because of all my enemies. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity, for the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all my enemies be ashamed and greatly troubled. Let them turn back and be ashamed suddenly. So again, that was Psalm chapter six, verses one through 10 all the verses in Psalm 6. So let's break this down. First of all, it feels like um, in, in Psalm 6 that, that David is just starting out with this kind of emotion of, are you mad at me, God? Right? Like, what is going on? So Psalm 6 is actually known as the first of the seven penitential psalms. So the penitential psalms are songs of confession, songs of humility before God. Um, the full seven are Psalms chapter 6, Psalms 32, Psalms 38, Psalms 51, which we a lot of us know of. That's the one he wrote after his sinning with Bathsheba. Um, then 102, 130, and 143. And if you compare all of these, they're all, they have a lot of similar um, theme, the similar theme of, again, confession and humility before God and repentance, but also he uses a lot of the same lyrics, a lot of the same words in these songs. Um, and then I think it's even, it might even be either 38 or 130 that he even, the little note at the top says a remembrance, right? Just remembering a time that I, I was like this, that I was far from God. So in any case, in this Psalm, in Psalm six, we don't know exactly why David felt this way, right? But David sensed that he was under the rebuke of God. Therefore, he actually called out to God to lighten the chastisement, right? He's like, Lord, just lift up your hand. Like, I'm suffering. You're punishing me. I'm in pain. Um, and, and again, we don't know exactly. There's no clues as to exactly when this specific psalm was written, like we knew from Psalm 3. But we know that there was times that David did make mistakes. There was things that he was... Um, you know, repenting from and in grief from. It could have been when Absalom was killed. It was his own son, right? And he he mourned that son or mourning the son that he lost after his sinning with Bathsheba, right? There are certainly many times that he could have been in this state of grief, um, compiled and complicated with feeling of, 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 of um, you know, repentance before the Lord. And so this is the kind of situation that he finds himself in. But either way, we can sometimes feel like God may be punishing us, right? Is God punishing me? Like, why, why does this keep happening to me? Am I in disobedience? Am I out of the alignment of God, right? But there are a couple of reasons why we can go through trials. Sometimes it's our own mistakes that can lead us down the wrong path. Sometimes it's just because we live in a fallen world. And the word says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust, right? Things can just happen to us, right? That it, it's just part of life. Things happen. The difference is that we have God so we can overcome these trials and tribulations. Or it could be that God is indeed trying to get our attention and trying to bring correction to our lives. Sometimes things have to happen in order to get us to snap into it, right? To snap back into focus. We need to, you know, you think of the prodigal son. It wasn't until he had nothing that he was eating out of a pig pen that he was realizing 
I go back home, right? I got to go back home where I could be, I could be eating the best of the best. Like, I, why am I suffering when I could have this? I'm going to return back home. And so sometimes things do happen in order to bring us to a place of repentance and bring us back to the feet of our father. So we can either allow the situations in our lives, the mistakes that we name, that we make, the sins that we commit, they can either separate us from God forever, or it can draw us closer to him. One of the differences that we see between King Saul and King David is that when King Saul made mistakes, when he sinned, it, he allowed that sin to harden his heart. And because King Saul allowed that sin to harden his heart, the spirit of the Lord departed from him because he no longer wanted the correction of the Holy Spirit. He was no longer open to that. And that's why the spirit of the Lord departed him. But David, but when King David sinned, it broke David's heart. Anytime that he made mistakes, he, he came before the Lord in pure repentance. He came before him falling on his face, crying out with tears of grief. He knew that he didn't sin before anybody else except before the Lord. And that burdened David. And so because he, that sin still brought him to a place where he could repent and receive rejuvenation from the Lord, that's the kind of heart that God is looking for. That's the kind of heart that says, that's a man after my own heart, that yes, he may not be perfect, but every time there's a situation, every time he slips up, he turns back to me and he allows me to bring him back up. He allows me to revive him. He allows me to show him, show my power in his life. And that is too um, one of the reasons why David's example is one that we can relate to. And the one that God wants us to mirror, he doesn't want sin to, to harden us, right? He doesn't want sin to make us think, you know, because then the enemy's going to take advantage too. Oh, look, you're too sinful. You're so sinful. You God doesn't want you anymore. God is so mad at you. You might as well not even pray. You might as well not even go to church anymore. You might as well, might as well not even try. No, that's the accusations that come from the enemy but god god brings conviction god holy spirit says come back to my presence let me clean you let me purify you let me give you clean hands let me give you a pure heart so that you can worship me again let me let me come back into your life so that i can renew you and show you just how great and mighty and merciful i am Amen. In the chat from Mama Pop, she says, Esther too, perhaps you were made for such a time as this. Amen. Absolutely. So what does David say? David says, have mercy on me. Verse two, have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me for my bones are troubled. So whatever the reason for this situation, David is in agony. David is not only longing for the healing of his physical body, but he's he's longing for the healing of his soul, right? He's not only physically weak, but he is spiritually weak as well. Whether or not one caused the other, we don't know. We don't know if he was sick and not been because of that sickness, it caused him to be spiritually weak as well, or because he was spiritually weak, it caused physical ailments in his body, right? There's evidence that people, when they're in a state of depression or just such burden and in grief, that that grief and that burden and that depression can physically manifest in their bodies. And so... 
Either way, David, whether what came first, right, whether it was the sickness and then the spiritual um, anxiety or, or it was vice versa, we don't know. But either way, David is feeling it on both sides. And what amplified his emotions is this thought that God was mad at him, right? He's like, Lord, lift up your hands, lift up your hand, have mercy on me, right? The difficulty of these trials, it drove David to seek the mercy of God. Yes, in the chat as well, out of our most desperate situations come true enlightenment when we surrender to God what truly is God. Absolutely. In the chat on Facebook, how great is our God that he would comfort us when we've made mistakes. His forgiveness is unmatched. Yes, hallelujah, praise God. And so the Hebrew word here for the phrase, have mercy upon me, is hanan. And that Hebrew word, it means to bend down. It means to stoop down in kindness to an inferior, right? This was David going, I know that I'm inferior. I know that I am less than you, God, even though maybe I've tried to do things my own way. But God, I submit to you in humble reverence. And I ask for you to bend down. I ask for you to stoop down in kindness to me. I ask for you to be gracious to me, Lord. I'm asking for you to show favor, to have pity on me on this situation. My bones are weak. My soul is greatly troubled. I don't know what else to do. How do I get your hands off of me, right? He keeps thinking that it's God doing this to him. But either way, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our sorrow, we can honestly cry out to God and ask for him to bend down, to graciously show us kindness, to heal our body, to heal our mind, to heal our soul. Again, this is how deep and, and sorrowful that David was feeling that, that he was blaming God for this. But I think, and we're going to see how it turns around at the end, that it wasn't God necessarily punishing him, right? But that sometimes we feel that way. But then when we come to the presence of the Lord and we say, God, this is what I'm feeling, then God reveals his truth. He reveals his mercy, and David says, my soul also is greatly troubled, but you, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver me, save me for your mercy's sake. The fact that David asks for the Lord to return to him means that David felt distant from God because of this trial that he was currently facing. And this was part of his agony. This was part of his agony to feel like God was no longer with him, that God was so far away. You know, when we can sense that God is near, when we, when we're just like so in tune with the Lord, when we're filled and empowered, we could be washing dishes and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we could be like, God, you're so amazing. I could face anything. Oh, somebody spilled something. That's okay. I'll clean it up. Glory be to the name of Jesus. Oh, no problem, right? Nothing kind of phases you when you're filled up, when you can feel the presence of the Lord. But when we're in a a situation, when we're in a dry season, when we're in a desert season, when we feel like God is distant from us, we can feel weak even from the smallest things. The smallest things can send us into just, you know, a, a, into a deeper time of depression. We can just 
fall apart because something spills, right? We can fall apart from these little things because we're feeling distant from the Lord, you know? And sometimes we say to God, God, where are you? Where are you in this situation? Come back. Let me see you. Return to me. Deliver me. Save me for your mercy's sake. So here, David, he's humbly saying, I may not even deserve it, God. I may not deserve for you to return to me, but for your mercy's sake, please come back. Save me for the sake of your name. Save me for the sake of who you are. David knew in this moment, because he was coming before God in authenticity, in honest cry out, that he was able to remember in this moment that God is a merciful God, that God is rich in mercy. And so David was standing on that truthful characteristics of God, characteristic of God, to say, God, I know you're merciful. merciful. So for the sake of your mercies, for the sake of who you are, Please come back to me. Please come back to me. I want to feel your presence. I need your presence. Without your presence, my bones are weak. Without your presence, my, I, I can't. I can't do this without your presence. May we cry out to the Lord like that. Say, if, if your presence isn't, isn't with me, I won't go anywhere, right? Moses said that if your presence doesn't go with me, I will not go. And that's the kind of scenario that David finds himself in, that he feels so distant, but he wants to feel the Lord again. And he cries out to God in this emotional plea before the Lord. And so when we feel alone, when we feel distant from God, we too can cry out. We too can ask God to return. And the reality is that God has never left right? He's never left our side. He's always been there. He is here. He is with you. The word says that he will never leave us, nor will he forsake us, but it's our awareness of him that needs to return. We need to have our spiritual eyes opened. A prayer that I pray out to God often is, Lord, help me to see you. Help me to see you in this situation. I know that you're here. I'm going to stand on the promise that you are with me. I'm going to stand on the promise that you're always working. I may not see it. I may not feel it. I may not know how you're working this out, but I'm asking Lord to give me vision. I'm asking for you to give me clarity. I'm asking for you to help me to see you. Help me to see how you're working this out for good. And that's an honest prayer that I know that God responds to. He allows us to see why certain things happen. He gives us that understanding if we ask for it. He says, ask and you shall receive. So help me to see you here. Help me to feel you, God, in this situation. David also wrote Psalm 23, right? One favorite Psalm of all time. Psalm 23, verse four. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They comfort me. So David writing this, also testifies that he knew that even when he walked through those seasons, those, those deaths, death
dark valley seasons where it felt like he couldn't see what was going on. He couldn't sense what was happening. He said, I'm not going to fear, even though it's dark, even though I don't know what's going on, I'm going to believe that you are with me. And I may not be able to see you, but I might be able to feel that rod. I might be able to feel that correction. I might be able to feel that staff and it's comforting me. Even though you're correcting me in this season, you're correcting me. This chastisement's here, but you know what? Now I feel it as comfort because at least I know that you're with me. Right? What like a little mind shift there. Then he says, your rod, your staff, your guiding hands, your guiding hands saying, no, 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 don't go over there. Stay right here. Stay right here with me. Stay right here with me. Stay on this path. Don't go over the edge. I'm not leading you to that green pasture. I'm leading you to this pasture. I'm not telling you to go over here, over there. He is the one who's leading us. And that is comforting to know that God is with us, even in those deep, dark valleys. Deuteronomy 31 8 also says, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. This is written in the law. This must be what David is standing on, that even though he feels distant, that he knows that God is near. So he does not have to fear but Lord, come and save me. And he says, um, you know, verse five is an interesting one. And there's a couple of verses in the Psalms written by David that kind of say the same thing, where he says, for in death, there is no remembrance of you. In the grave, who will give you thanks? Pretty much he's saying, revive me, Lord. Take me out of this situation so that I can praise you. David was feeling so troubled that he felt like he was close to death. The depression over his life felt like death was near. And we have to remember that at the time, Israel didn't know much about eternity. God had not yet given the full understanding of resurrection power or the full understanding of eternity with him. So David's understanding of life after death was incomplete. Jesus is the one who spoke of the future. Jesus is the one who spoke about hell and spoke about heaven. And it was the revelation of John, right? Of, of writing revelation that we know that there is the hope of eternity with the Lord, where in fact, we will be praising God forever, where we will have an opportunity to continue to worship the Lord. But what David is saying in this case, he goes, God, no matter what position you put me in, I might be a king right now. I might be a shepherd boy. I might be just a warrior for you. Whatever it is that I am, my number one role is worshiper. My number one role is worshiper. And I, I know that you love it when I praise you, God. And I know that you love it when I sing new songs to you. So Lord, revive me out of this situation so I can write you another song, God. Heal me so that I can sing of your healing power. Deliver me so that I can remember you always. Because if I'm in the grave, I'm going to write you more songs. I want to do more for you, Lord. So take me out of this pit. Take me out of this miry clay because I want to worship you. I want to worship you. You know, it makes me think of, of Hezekiah, right? Hezekiah, the Lord spoke and said, you're going to die. Isaiah came, said the word of the Lord has come. The Lord says, 
you know, get your house in order, you're going to die. And Hezekiah pleaded with the Lord. He turned to the wall and he cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, I, based on your promises, based on your word, Lord, because I'm an obedient person, I can live in your blessings. I don't want to die. I want to live for you. I want to do good for you. And, and God extended his life 15 more years. So God, so here David is saying he's pleading for his life so that he could do more on earth for the Lord, so that he could write more songs, so that he can do more for him. And sometimes we have to plead to God to say, take me out of this, Lord. I know I'm not supposed to end up like this. I'm not supposed to live out the rest of my days in deep depression. I am not meant to live out the rest of my days not being useful for you, God. I want to be useful for you, God. Revive me. Set me free from this grief. Set me free from this depression so that I can glorify your name, so that I can do work for the kingdom of God, so that I can be useful again for you. I know I've got more work to do, so Lord, revive me. Revive me. Give my life back to me. Heal my bones. Bring revival into my household. Bring it so that I can do what you called me to do. And even with that cry, we see in verses six and seven, the deepness of David's grief and why he was crying out for the Lord to revive him out of this. Verses six and seven, he's, you know, they give us a deeper understanding of just how overwhelmed with grief David had become. He says, I'm weary with my groaning. I'm tired. I'm tired of groaning. All night I make my bed swim. That's how much tears, right? This is poetic, right? And so he's, I'm crying so much. It's like my, my whole bed swimming in my tears. I'm drenching my couch with my tears. My eye wastes away because of the grief. It grows old because of all my enemies. All David could do in this situation, in this trial that he was in, in this depression that he was in, was cry. David's eyes were red. They were wasting away. They were sore from the amount of tears that he was crying from the lack of sleep. Now, I can't pretend to know this kind of grief, but I know others who have gone through seasons like this. I know others who are still in seasons like this. And this word, this description of how they feel, whether we can understand it or have our own experiences with it or not, this helps us understand and find compassion for those that do find themselves in this type of grief, in this state of grief. And whether we can relate or not, we can still point people to Jesus and to say, Jesus understands what you're feeling. David understood what you're feeling. And David was able to use those tears to, to let out a worship onto the Lord. That God, able, what blessed David in this moment still, that, that God heard David's cries. And that we too can come to the Lord with our groaning, with our tears, and, and they are valid. But God also doesn't want to leave us there. He doesn't want to leave us there in that despair. He doesn't want to leave us there in that grief, but know that God does understand. Jesus wept. John eleven thirty five 35 says it. Jesus wept. And Jesus wept 
and he wept with Mary after Lazarus died, even though Jesus knew that he was about to resurrect him, even though Jesus knew that a miracle was coming, even though he's just confessed, I am the resurrection and the life, but Jesus still wept. I imagine that when we come before the presence of God, when we bow down at the feet of Jesus and we let out a cry that even though he knows that he's about to strengthen you, even though Jesus knows how he's going to work the situation out for good, even though he knows the miracle is coming, he still meets you in that grief and he cries with you and he, he's our mediator. He intercedes for us. Jesus prays for us. And it is in that moment that you are not, you are not alone. You might feel, you might have come feeling distant, but in that moment, you feel the presence of God and you feel Jesus himself weeping with you. Jesus also understood what it meant to have a soul feeling troubled. John 12, 27, Jesus said, now my soul is troubled. Those are the same words that David said. My soul is troubled. And here we have Jesus saying the same thing. And yet Jesus says, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. What a way to look at our burdens. What a way to look at our trials. To say, God, my soul is troubled. And yes, I want you to save me from this hour. But God, I also know that this is, if you're allowing it, that there is purpose in this, that there is purpose in my pain, that there is purpose in my, in my process. And so Lord, I'm going to praise you anyway, and I'm going to thank you anyway. And I thank you for meeting me. And I thank you for understanding me, but God, I want to see that you, I trust that there's purpose in this, that you will work this out for good, that there is joy coming in the morning, that there is going to be a turnaround. This is another way that we can turn the situation around to say, God, I know that there's purpose in this. In the chat, uh, the Lord hears the cry of the poor, those that are in despair, the brokenhearted. Yes, Jesus knows our brokenness, our despair, our grief. Yes, he is with us always. Amen. Matthew 26, 37 to 38. And it says, and he took with him, he being Jesus, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Again, Jesus, holy, holy one, God himself in the flesh, feeling sorrowful and deeply distressed. These are emotions that Jesus himself felt, and yet he did not sin. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. That sounds a lot like what David was saying too. Stay here and watch with me. Stay here. My God. Sometimes Jesus just needed some companionship in this hour. He said, stay here and pray with me. You don't got to tell me that I should feel better. You don't got to tell me anything. Just come here and pray with me. That is what Jesus was asking for when he was deeply sorrowful and deeply distressed. Can somebody just sit and pray with me? Can we just sit and pray with those who are in grief? Can we just sit and pray with them? Just sit with me. Your presence alone can sustain someone in their darkest 
deepest season. Just stay here and watch with me. And I like a detail that it says in Luke 22, uh, 43 to 44 of this same time where Jesus is praying at Gethsemane, right? Before his, um, you know, before his crucifixion. So in Luke, we get the detail that it says, then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him and being in agony. Jesus in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. This is Jesus in deep agony. But because he said, I'm in agony, my soul is troubled. I got to go pray. I got to go pray. This is our solution because when we go and we pray, God sends angels to minister to us, to strengthen us. God doesn't leave us in our distresses. This is why prayer is so critical. Jesus shows us this is the way. David showed us this is the way. When you're fearing sorrowful, when you're feeling deeply distressed, run to the Lord in prayer. When Jesus was in agony at the Garden of Gethsemane, an angel came and ministered to him, strengthening him. And then what does it say? Jesus was able to pray even more earnestly. He got rejuvenated. He, even though he was in agony, he had strength to continue to pray through his situation because he knew that prayer was going to unlock the power. He knew that prayer was the only thing that was going to get him to be able to endure the trial that was coming. And Jesus remembered in that moment that this current pain had a purpose and he was able to endure for the sake of the glory that was coming. And I know that this happens with us too. When we come to his presence, when we are honest about our feelings and we just come to God, not in complaints, but in lament, he will meet, we will be met with the mercy of God. God will send his angels to strengthen us, to help us to endure the trial all the way to victory. Angels come and minister to us and give us strength. Isn't that so powerful? My God, my God. And so going back to David, going back to Psalm six, we see that after David gives out his deepest cry, his deepest emotional plea before the Lord, how he just can't stop crying. He, there's a sudden change of heart. There's a sudden turning point in his song. Suddenly, David lets out a confident declaration. Verses 8 through 10 say, depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. For the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all my enemies be ashamed and greatly troubled. Let them turn back and be ashamed suddenly. David ended the psalm on a note of confidence. David ended the psalm declaring, hey, I've made my agonizing cry to the Lord. I have led out my cry to God and God heard me. And I love how it says the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. That's such an interesting phrase. I don't know about you, but when I'm weeping, when I'm like little, just bawling, it's hard to get words out. When it when you're bawling, it's hard to sing, okay? And so it's happened to me before where I'm singing the song and I start crying and then you start like, you know, you just, 
can't get clear voice out. And yet God says here that your the word here says that weeping has a voice before God. The voice of my weeping. That even when we just cry and let out moans and tears and wails, that God inclines his ear to the sound of our cries, that our tears are like liquid prayers that move the heart of God. Irene says, I'm a crier. Yes. God hears your voice, the voice of your weeping, the sound of your weeping. God listens and inclines his ear. Isn't that powerful? That your weeping has a voice and God understands it. David wasn't afraid to cry. Mighty warrior, king of Israel. And yet he bawled his eyeballs out. Some people try to say men aren't allowed to cry. We got to tell our boys, you know, suck it up. It's okay. You're all right. But in fact, a real man cries. A real man allows his feelings to be seen, even if it's not before anybody else, but definitely before the Lord. And God honored the voice of David's weeping. Our tears are understood even when our words fail. Even when we don't know what to say, but we just cry before his presence. God knows. God understands. And he meets us there. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Even when we don't know what to say, even when we don't know how to pray in those moments where you're just at a loss for words. And the only thing that comes out is crying. That's the Holy Spirit inside of you. Those groanings, those achings, those sounds that are just wails. God understands it because the Holy Spirit is interceding for you. That's the Holy Spirit crying out for you and communicating with God. My God. So powerful. So when we find ourselves in a deep pit of sorrow, of grief, David gives us a blueprint for how to overcome it. We can run to God, humble ourselves before him. We should always be in a state of repentance. We should always be confessing before the Lord. When I come before God, I, I always say, Lord, give me clean hands and a pure heart so that I can praise you, so that I can come. I don't want anything to be holding me back from being able to access the presence of God. I don't want anything to hold me back. So I'm always going, forgive me, God. Let the blood of Jesus cover me once again. Honestly, cry out and release your emotions to the Lord. Remind yourself of truth. You may say, I feel distant. Lord, are you mad at me? But then turn it around and say, but God, I know that you are near. Lord, I feel alone. But then turn it around and say, but I know that you never leave. Lord, I feel overwhelmed with grief. But I know, God, that you hear my cry. And you're coming to comfort me, that you've come to give me the oil of joy for mourning, that you've come to give me a garment of praise instead of a sackcloth of despair. And then also you can declare with confidence, depart from me, workers of iniquity. Because remember, in your vulnerable
mental state, the enemy is going to try to take advantage of you. He's going to try to take advantage of your emotions to keep you down, to keep you depressed. So you can then turn around and say, depart from me, workers of iniquity. Everyone around me that's trying to bring me down. Everyone who's trying to continue to, um, to accuse me. Everyone who's trying to pull me away from the presence of God. I reject them right now. I'm going to depart from them. I actually tell you to depart, right? I've submitted to God now and now depart from me. Resist the devil and he shall flee. Reject the thoughts of the enemy that are coming into your mind that tell you you're not worthy, that tell you you're not, your life is not worth living. No, reject those thoughts. Depart from those things that are pulling you away from the love of God because nothing can separate you from the love of God. And then wait on the Lord for deliverance, your hope will return. Amen. Praise the Lord in the chat. A word in season. Thank you, Abba. Much needed message. Amen. Glory to God. And we know that God heard David's cries, that God didn't leave him there because God honored his request. David was able to write songs about his deliverance. He was able to write songs about how his joy turned or how his mourning turned into joy. So, here are a couple of examples. Psalm 16, seven through 11. David said, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope for you will not leave my soul in Sheol. You won't leave my, my soul in the deep dark pit, nor will, he, will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forever more. David also wrote Psalms 34. 17 to 19, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. David's not just saying this, he's saying it from experience that God is near the brokenhearted and saves those who come before him with a contrite spirit. Then Psalms 30, I love Psalms 30, whole, the whole thing, but I'll give you a few verses, four to five and then 11 to 12. It says, sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Down to 11. You have turned for me my morning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. Oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. 
See, this is David saying, you, you allowed me to sing to you again. You turned my mourning into dancing. You clothed me with gladness. You gave me that garment of praise so that I could praise you and not be silent. Remember in Psalm 6, he was, six, he was like, I don't want to die because then I can't, I can't sing to you anymore. But here he goes, thank you for reviving me because now I can sing to you and not be silent. So powerful. And so how do we apply this to our daily lives? How? Do we cling to the Lord in our moments, in our deepest moments of grief and despair? Let me know in the chat what you're taking away from today. I'll give you a couple of reminders, but I want to know what is that jewel? What is that nugget that you've grabbed from what the Lord has said today that you're going to apply to your life? In the chat, um, let's see. He, he will and he does. That's how I'm still here. Yes, thank you, God, to keep us away from the truth that God loves us and cares for us. Yes, that's what the enemy does. He tries to keep us away from the truth that God loves us and cares for us. And that's when we can say, no, those thoughts depart from me. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, something that uh, when we had our Monday night Bible study, one of the sisters said, which was so powerful. Um, she said, last week we talked about how David, you know, he, he worshiped with all of his might, right? That was his standard. But here we see that David also prayed with all of his might. He cried out to the Lord with all of his tears, right? He led everything out and power is released in both scenarios. So we have to not only worship with all of our heart, but pray and ask and seek the Lord with all of our heart in all of our circumstances. And as we mentioned at the beginning, that this was a song that David wrote, but then he sent it to the chief musician. He was not only authentic before the Lord, but he was authentic before his entire kingdom. He was authentic before all of Israel. He's, he's saying, hey, I've gone through a season like this. I've gone through a season of grief. I've gone through a scenario where, where I couldn't sleep, but all I could do was cry and my bed was swimming in tears. But God has heard my supplication and God has heard my weeping. He's heard the voice of my weeping. So can we be a people? that are not only authentic before the Lord in our prayer closet, but that we're authentic when we are before our brothers and sisters in Christ, that we can say, I've been through a season like that. And this is how I overcame. I've cried out to the Lord. I've been there. I've grieved. I've been in depression. I've been fearful. But this is how I submitted those emotions to the Lord. And this is how he heard me and turned my mourning into dancing. Let us be authentic in every area of our lives. We're not meant to show up at church and pretend like everything's okay. If we pretend like everything's okay, in reality, they're not. We're going to continue to live life in with bitterness and grief and hurt and depression. And we're never going to get those things healed by the Lord. Amen. Looking at the chat on Facebook, Irene says, even when you can't find the words to pray, he understands our tears. So even with tears in your eyes, look up. That's beautiful. Yes, Irene. Elaine, uh, Rebecca says, come and lament, not in complaint. Yes, we talked a lot about that on Monday night. He never leaves us, but our awareness of him needs to return so that we can see him. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, Lord. So, so good. So again. 
Don't hide your emotions from God. He knows what you're feeling anyway. Come authentically and get your healing. Get healed. Because if we are honest about what we're going through, we can be delivered. We can be saved. We can be revived. And we don't have to live in that burden any longer. Remember that God doesn't reject our lamentations. He understands us. He comforts us. He corrects us. And he leads us through the night seasons. And remember and hold on to the promise that joy will come in the morning. He will help you. God will turn your morning into dancing. Tahiri in the chat on Instagram says he collects our tears. We can trust him. And with our testimony, we can help others too. Absolutely. You know, it's funny that you said testimony. Um, I was listening to something yesterday. And it just came to mind right now about, and, and I got to look it up more because it was just something that I heard quickly. And I was like, oh, that's good, you know? Um, but what the, the preacher was saying was that the word testimony it's not just like, like in the deeper sense of the Hebrew tradition and the Hebrew word of recounting and remembering and sharing testimony is so much deeper than we think. We think sharing our testimony, oh, I'm just going to tell you what happened to me. But in the Hebraic tradition, it is thought and believed that as you recount how God has moved, as you recount how God had delivered in the past, that by you speaking it out loud, that the same power that moved in that past situation moves in that current moment. My God, I just got chills. As I said it, praise the living God. There you go. Holy Spirit confirmation that that is true. And so when we think of the, how in the Hebrew traditions and in the Jewish culture, they put so much emphasis on we're going to celebrate and talk about how God delivered us from Egypt, how he delivered our people from Egypt. And, and, and they speak it and they remember it. And we talk about Passover and we talk about all these different ways that God saved the people of Israel, that as you speak that testimony, that the power of deliverance gets released in the here and now, that as the power of salvation gets released in the here and now. So God has saved you, if God has healed you, when you share that testimony with someone, that same healing virtue gets released into that atmosphere as you speak it. Isn't that so powerful? My God, I just remembered that. I was listening to that just last night um, before I went to bed. And I just thought that was so powerful. And it makes sense, right? Because the Lord says in Revelation that we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. So it is by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And then by you confessing it, by you testifying of it, that power is released. Mm, so good. So, 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 so good. I believe it. Anybody else believe it? Because I believe it. Yes. Here he says, Jesus, it opens people up to believe Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yes. Flow Holy Spirit. My God. Thank you, Lord, for you are our loving comforter and our strength during our sadness and our weaknesses. Yes, Sister Gidget, Sister Rebecca, wow, that is the power of God. Yes, yes, isn't that so good? So 
Again, let's make a sound. Let's not be silent. He wants us to speak and testify because as you speak and testify, that power is released anew. It is released fresh over the atmosphere. Santo. Hallelujah. So good. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. My God, you are so good. You are so wonderful. You are so powerful, God. And Lord, I thank you that you have uh, taken control of this study, that you have spoken today, that you have put things in my memory to, to speak out, Lord. And I just thank you because you are here. You are here and you understand us and you hear our weeping, you hear our lamenting, and you want to heal us. You don't want to leave us in despair. You you want to give us beauty for ashes, God. You want to give us the oil of joy for mourning. You want to comfort those who are brokenhearted, my God. And so, Lord, we come before you today, God. Lord, if there's anyone that's listening right now that is in a state of depression, that is in a state of deep grief, that is in a state of weakness, my God, Lord, I pray that you would send your angels to minister to them right now, Lord, as they come before you in authenticity, Lord, that you would meet them right where they are, that you would weep with them and comfort them and deliver them. Revive them again. Revive them again so that they can worship you. Revive them again so they can be clothed with gladness. Revive them again so that they can have the garment of praise, that they can, they can be true worshipers who release sounds of worship in spirit and in truth, that shakes open at atmospheres, that releases your power on the scene, God. Lord, I pray that you will use us to testify, that we would testify of the things that we've gone through, that we will speak of your truth, that we will be authentic in, 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 in our house and out of our house, in our church and out of our church, that we would be the same and that we would testify of how you have helped us through different seasons, Lord, and through different strongholds so that others can receive their deliverance as well, God. Lord, I thank you and I pray, Lord, that you would continue to strengthen us and lead us, God. Lord, we thank you that you're a God who loves us so much, that you that you welcome us into your presence with our humble hearts, with our broken hearts, with our contrite spirits, Lord, and that you welcome us in. But the beauty is that you don't leave us like that, Lord. You transform us and renew us and strengthen us so that we can pray with even more earnest, God. We thank you. We glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. I pray that if anyone uh, has a prayer request, to so please start putting it in the chat. I'm going to quickly go through a couple of announcements. I realize it's already uh, 1.15. Uh, and so I want to be sure that we can have some time for prayer requests. Um, praise God. I see Irene already put one in through put one through. So praise the Lord. We will certainly get to that. I just have a couple of announcements. Um, if you're officially registered for the, the this online Bible study, uh, then you can check your email. Yesterday, I sent out the PDF download of this study. I would encourage you to go back, download it, share it with somebody. Uh, uh, if you miss a part of it, go back and read it. Uh, you can also log into the workshop. Um, that's our online learning portal where it has the PDF loaded. And I'm also going to load up this video um, replay right after this. So that way it's available this afternoon and it'll be in the workshop as well. Um, if you need more information, you can go to soloworship.com to register for the study. If you want to join our Zoom discussions on Monday nights, you're more than welcome to. Again, that's more of a discussion because we're all on Zoom and we can see each other and talk to each other. Um, and then, of course, I do the replay on Wednesdays as long as there's a Monday night Bible study.
next week, we're going to be under the theme of walking in faith and the discipline of waiting. Okay. Oh Lord, how long, right? How long am I going to go through this, but wait on the Lord. So that's what our theme is going to be for next week. So please be sure to stick with me um, because God is going to continue to speak and move and deliver us. Amen. Take us to new levels in our walk in the Lord. If you've missed a week, uh, again, they're all archived in the workshop. You can go back in and, and take a look um, or they're saved on Facebook and on Instagram. If you don't already connect with the Soul of Worship ministry, I would encourage you to hit that follow button on Facebook, Instagram, Apple Podcasts. Um, you know what? I got to start putting on here the YouTube channel. I'm also saving the replays on YouTube. So if people prefer to watch on YouTube, you can do that too. Uh, I mentioned the, the workshop. You can create a login to our online learning portal. If you so feel led to sow into the Soul of Worship ministry, you can do that at soulofworship.com forward slash partner, or you can support the ministry shop at Soul of worship.com forward slash shop. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, also, I announced this week that I released the new Praise Kids winter mini unit. So it's now available on the Soul of Worship uh, ministry shop. Um, it is a, I think it's 18 pages uh, download. Uh, it has different uh, memory verses, copy work, activity pages for kids. I would say pre-K to maybe third, fourth grade. Um, it, it has um, you know, three main verses, some crossword puzzle, not crossword, um, research and activities to write a song to God. And it's really just meant to, as we go through this winter season, thinking about this season and how we can have a worshipful atmosphere with the Lord. Uh, I started working on it with my kids yesterday, you know, actually on Monday and they were singing, we made up a song, you know, and we're just singing and, um, and it's just good. It's good to give our kids meaningful activities, right? If they're already going to color. If they're already going to be doing a word search, you might as well have them searching for words like mighty God, you know, Emmanuel, worship. Those are good things to be implanting in them and depositing seeds of faith and depositing seeds of worship in our kids, right? We want to raise up worship warriors. Uh, if you want to learn more about the power of worship, I do have a book available, Soul of Worship. Are you making a sound? This is a 12 week Bible study. Um, it takes you through 12 different aspects of worship. And so uh, there's a lot of good nuggets in here. Feel free to, you can order this on Amazon or you can learn more about the book at soulofworship.com forward slash book. I also recorded um, 12 video lessons that go along with this book, actually 13 because the introduction has a video too. So 13 lesson, video lessons that go with it. If you want to take advantage of that, you can learn more about that at soulofworship.com forward slash course. And if we do the video lessons, you also get a copy of the book. All right. So again, there's plenty of resources to dive into the power of worship and be able to be turned into the worship warrior that God has destined and desires for you to be. Also help us spread the word. Uh, I would love for you to share this Bible study with others, really looking to see God move in a powerful way through this online community. Uh, there is a flyer that is available on soulofworship.com forward slash online Bible study, uh, where you can download this PDF, print it out yourself, 
put, you know, old school, put it in the library, put it in, um, you know, your at work bulletin board, you know, anywhere you see a bulletin board, feel free to throw it up there because uh, you never know who will see it and want to join and then be saved and transformed. And so we encourage you to help us in this grassroots movement to uh, continue to expand this online Bible study. All right, those are all of my announcements. Uh, and so I would say it is now time for some one-on-one -on -one prayer. So if anyone has a prayer request, please put it into the chat. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, everyone who's on today. Irene. Uh, Irene says, I need prayer for myself for direction. Once again, I'm relocating to another state. It did not work out where I came. So back I go to what I know, just trying to hear him hear him direct me lord father god lord we come before your presence lord once more knowing that we can make our requests to you that we can come humbly and we can come authentically to your feet my god we can come boldly to the throne of grace through jesus christ and lord i come in agreement with my sister irene lord irene is looking for direction father god lord i pray that you would lead her that you would guide her lord lord that you would open up all of the doors that need to be opened for her and her family father lord we pray lord there's doors that she should not be walking through that you would shut them god lord i pray that you would allow her to hear your voice clearly and specifically that you would place her exactly where she's meant to be that you would place her in an area where she will grow spiritually that you will place her in an area where her children will be safe that you will place her in an area where she can be a blessing and also be blessed as well god lord i pray that you would provide all of her needs that you would provide all of her finances that she needs for the daily allotment for today her daily manna lord i pray for her for provision over her and her family right now and lord that you would put her in a place where she can minister to others and others can minister in her life as well lord lead her down the path that you already have ordained for her lord many are the plans of the lord but you lord your plans surpass them all and so lord we pray for you to direct her every path as we know your word says that you do lord blessings over irene right now and if there's any blockages right now any any strongholds anything that's holding her back from realizing your blessings over her life and her your plan over her life lord we break it right now in the mighty name of jesus every stronghold that is not of you god lord we dismantle it right now by the authority of jesus christ and we pray for blessings over her right now in jesus name amen thank you lord thank you thank you thank you god lord we worship you thank you blessings to gidget blessings gloria blessings emano toledo that's joining us edgar or maybe it's Belang, not sure who's on there, but praise the Lord. We got Toledo's on. Hallelujah. Um, glory, glory, glory. Amen. All right. Well, God bless everyone. Even if you're watching this on the replay or when I load this up to YouTube or anywhere else, please feel free to leave a comment if you have a prayer or want to share something or share a testimony. Um, you know, I actually want to share a quick testimony. And again, I know it's getting a little long. <laughs> My kids are behaving really well, though. So praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> but one of the sisters on Monday night also testified that, you know, she's, you know, she's just walking with the Lord, starting to, to, to understand the things of God. And she's like, I'm going to put this into practice. And she started worshiping in her apartment. She goes, I, I am so quiet, but I just started singing and giving it all out to the Lord. And the Lord came through for her so beautifully in a request that she needed. All you know, she didn't know how she was gonna pay her rent. Suddenly she got a check from like the IRS that owed her money from like three years ago. And it came just on time. Like 
How amazing is God, right? When we come to God in authentic worship, not because we want him to bless us, but because we just want to put it into practice. And then God suddenly provides like that. Like that is how God works. He wants to bless his children. And we unlock the power of God when we come before him in authentic worship. Um, and then not only that, but she then saw someone in her apartment building who was like, oh, do you go to church? And she's like, oh, you know, I'm trying, trying to do that. And she was like, why do you, why did you ask me that? She goes, oh, because I heard you going in the other day. And I, I just, it was refreshing to hear you and it was refreshing you know because I, I need to get back into the things of the Lord so all of a sudden her scenario where she's worshiping God one-on-one -on -one, but her chains right her, her her song her worship was breaking chains all throughout that apartment building that someone else was hearing it and someone else was drawn into the presence of God I mean isn't God good God is so good so your worship matters your obedience matters and there's blessings attached to obedience amen all right. That's all I got to say. I love you all. I bless you all in the name of Jesus. I pray you have a wonderful rest of the day. And that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> yes. Here he says, we seek his hand. We seek his face and he reveals his hand. Oh, that is good. That is so good. Glory, glory, glory. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. God bless you. As a reminder, this Bible study is available as a PDF download on my online learning portal called The Workshop. To download this study with all of the notes and scripture references, please go to www.soulofworship.com forward slash workshop and join our community. The link is also in the show notes. Are you walking through a season of barrenness? Do you need to stir up spiritual growth in your life? In worship, are you making a sound? Author Sarah Marie Popolo shares praise and worship that will transform your walk with the Lord. You'll gain new insight into the powerful tool God has given you in worship. Walk through this 12-week Bible study and learn how to use your voice to declare God's promises over your life and watch your desert flourish into a garden of praise and triumph. Available at Amazon, your local bookstore, or at Trilogy.tv. All right, that's it for today's episode. Don't forget to follow the Soul of Worship Ministry on Instagram and Facebook and join the email newsletter so you never miss out on new Bible study resources and live Bible study and worship events. Find it all on www.soulofworship.com. Until next time, keep on praising.